Yes, we're back. It's your boy, Eduardo Jackson, CEO, founder, creator of the Cinema Draft Game, back again with one of my good old friends. She's the head of the student travel organization, Callie Now. You know her, you love her. You, all, you set at one point an all-time viewing record for the Cinema Draft podcast with her. It's Kiana Patton. Tell the people, Kiana. Hello, everybody. Yes. Today. <laughs> That's right. Welcome back to the Cinema Draft podcast where daily fancy sports meets the movies. Our drinking game tonight will be the word trip because our central topic tonight will be having us time tripping throughout well, yes, tripping throughout time. I'm tripping all over my words today because it is 110 degrees every day out here in the desert. I am withered, so please bear with us. You have to bring it for us tonight, Kiana, because I am out of my mind. Yes. All right. I'm ready. <laughs> all right, good. I'm ready. Good, good, good. All right, so we're going to start with what I'm watching. And first thing I'm watching is on Netflix. It is a show called Glow. That's right, the gorgeous ladies wrestling. It is, uh, it's a fictionalized take on that old. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I used to watch it uh, late at night on weekends. It'd be like on, I'm not sure if it was public access, but like on the local um, cable channel, or whatever. Uh, and they, I mean, ridiculous costumes and hair looked so low rent. But basically, Netflix did a fictionalized take on this show. It is outstanding, fantastic performances, including Mark Maron, who acts as kind of like the the, the ringmaster, the, the the director who kind of has gotten it all together. Have you seen Glow yet, Kiana? I have not watched that. So good. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I mean, so has, I'm so excited about it. I guess I need to check it out. No, it's really good. And it's, it's, it's one of these, these new, like, uh, dramedy shows where it's more comedy than drama, per se. But it's, like, half hour, so they're really easily digestible. I've already plowed through eight. It's only a ten episode season, and I'm really enjoying it. They take me back. It's set in the in the in the early '80s, so it's got all that hair. Oop. Yes. There we go. And the leg warmers and all that sort of stuff, and the you know, I mean, it's 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 such a good look. It's so much fun. Yeah. That's back when wrestling wrestling was real, right? <laughs> wrestling was real for us then. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, did, you, did you ever go to a, a wrestling match like in person? I have been. Yes, I have been. <laughs> how, how, how old were you? Be be honest. It's okay. No judgments. I think I was an adult at that time, though. But I was probably like, I don't know, early twenties, maybe when I went. Oh, uh, was because of a guy? Did some guy drag you to it? Yes, but I wanted to go. <laughs> so, do you remember who you saw in wrestling? I don't remember who was there. No, I don't remember. I'm not gonna even try. No, that's fine. Because I went when I was, I believe, I was in fifth grade. Um, my old childhood best friend Tim. Malone and I, we, uh, his dad took us down to the Tacoma Dome, about like 30 miles south of Seattle. We saw Ricky the Dragon Steamboat defend his intercontinental WWF belt against uh, Randy Macho Man Savage. And of course, since it was only Tacoma and it wasn't like on TV that day or whatever, it ended up in a draw. Somebody got disqualified or something, but it, that was definitely the heyday Wait, now, of wrestling. What was, what was Macho Man Savage, what was his, his phrase? Oh, yo, yeah. Why, yeah. man, savage. Yeah, I'm going to come for you. Yeah. He was just, yeah, he kind of talked like that, and he was all the way crazy. Because he was the one that was always fighting Hulk Hogan, right? 
Yes, yes. And then the Hulk Hogan was like, yeah, brother. Yeah, brother. We need Macho Man. He had the glasses on. It walked on like this. Why do I remember this so well? I really was into it as a kid. But after I saw it in like fifth or sixth grade, I guess, I mean, the veil was lifted. I, I, I was never really fully into WWF after going to see it live that time. Although I had a ball. We balled out. I remember having so much fun and screaming my little, my little 10, 11 year old brains out that I, I slept all the way back up to Seattle. It was great. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, these are the gorgeous ladies, ladies wrestling. You kind of see how the, you know these these scrappy women kind of form a family as they you know are, are doing something that had never been done before, and it's, it's it's a really good time, really funny, a great you know trip back to the early eighties. Yeah. I highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. All right, cool. Um, what else? Oh, I saw Rough Night. That's right, the one with uh, Scarlett Johansson is like the the Bachelorette, uh, like a Bachelorette oh, party gone wrong. Goodness. How was yeah. it? So, so I saw it at a matinee yesterday, and I really enjoyed it. It was, it was. I mean, so it's gotten like a, a lot of bad reviews, and hasn't made a lot of money, and I just. I mean, I thought it was pretty hilarious. I mean, I know these these high concept movies are really kind of hard to pull off, where you have like you know basically one location. I'm sure they shot it for fairly cheap. It's mostly set inside this big beach house in Miami. Uh, <laughs> you have Ty Burrell from Modern Family, yes, that guy. The the um the Phil Dunphy from Modern Family as like a sexy neighbor. He's always like shirtless and in like speedos with Demi Moore as like his half dressed wife, and they're always kind of like pawing each other and trying to entice Zoe Kravitz. It's his character in the three, yeah. so it's really funny. Um, and they're the next door neighbors, and they have the you know the whole premise is like this bachelor party goes wrong when the stripper they hired basically you know accidentally gets killed when Jillian Bell sits on him. Oh. <laughs> and it's I mean and it gets a little dark and a little weird, but I was kind of there for it. It was really well, so funny. How does that compare to The Hangover? Because you know I really like The Hangover, and that was good. Crazy. Well, The Hangover is more like a wild night out and they have like they kind of start with the wild night out but then it becomes mm -hmm. a wild night in so just because uh, the logistics of them being for the most part hemmed up in that house trying to cover up this body is hijinks and sue it's a little it's a bit of a different feel and vibe and also i think i mean for, just from the feel of some of these reviews i've seen on rough night it's kind of seems like there's a little latent sexism in the reviews and how yeah. every female centric you know, R-rated comedy must be compared to Bridesmaids. You know, they're totally yeah. different movies uh, that just tangentially touch upon like marriage and bachelorette parties. So, so yeah. I don't know. I really enjoyed it for what it was. Those type of movies are hard to pull off, and I, I, I don't know. I think you'd enjoy it. All right, cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if you'll actually see it in the theaters because it seems like it's on its way out already. But I enjoyed <laughs> it. Yeah, you know, Scarlet. I mean, and, and it's got like, I mean, Alana Glazer from uh, Broad City. I think that show's hilarious. Um, okay, what's cool. her face? Uh, oh, and, and my, Kate McKinnon has a great Australian accent. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my friends call me Kiwi, although that's kind of like racial because Kiwis are New Zealand and we're like Australian. Australian Valley girl? I love a good accent. You should definitely forget. But her, her, her Australian is like very soft-spoken and very, yeah. And so it, it, you're right. It's good. That's a good way to call it, Australian Valley girl. <laughs> Absolutely. And then Power, yes, Power's back. It was oh, trending yes. all, all on Twitter on Saturday because I guess Stars had like it available early on it on the Stars app, which I did not download. But yes, I just finished watching the first episode today. And it seems like the now officially the hype is has surpassed 
it's quality. It's not a bad show. It's still a good opening episode to I think season four, season three. Yeah, season um, four. Season four. But um, and, and it seems like the hype is more exciting than the actual episode was. But I I enjoyed. I'm here for power. I mean, I ride for power. Um, you know, I know they're the you know, power and empire fans, but head sometimes. I think there's yeah. room enough in my heart for both. But yeah, power is good. Yeah, I enjoyed the episode. It's very frustrating. Like some of the characters, like I'm just getting mad at them. But I enjoyed it. I wasn't really paying attention to any of the hype, so it didn't it didn't affect the way I was looking at it. Mm-hmm. But I'm just I'm wondering, okay, what what is really going to happen with with all of this? With did you think he was going to make bail? I I I don't know. I don't think so. I don't yeah, think so, make no, no, I'm saying like when you're, when you're when you're watching it, like did you think he was gonna get make bail in that no. episode? No, okay. no, I think that would have ruined things. That there's so much that needs to happen before he gets out of jail. I, mm-hmm. I think it would have ruined things. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then uh, also you see like Charlie Murphy in there messing with him, looking yeah. really skinny. I mean, you could tell yeah. that. Yeah, you know Charlie Murphy may rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> looking looking really gaunt, but still, you know, got that Charlie Murphy voice, you know, yeah, you know, inmate, you know, night night. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> You're crazy. Like, he's he's never not gonna be Rick James. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, and you know what? See, yeah, my see, that's how you tell I'm like just exhausted. Like my my even my voices voices are like scattered over. Yeah, yeah, um, yes, Charlie Murphy's in, is in there. Kind of interesting to see him in it. Uh, this episode. So let me ask you. So you mentioned that, that you're really frustrated with some of the characters. So on your frustration index, who are like the top three? Oh, definitely Angela. I'm just like ready to throw her in the trash every time. And then now, the were, you, now, were you were you there for them when they were like like having their no. affair? Like, no, uh, I was never there for them. <laughs> I actually follow a Twitter account called was. At, uh, where the the name is called like Jamila or something like they're they're here for the true shipping first. of Jamie and Angela. <laughs> Finish your marriage first, get out of that situation, and then move on. That was just too much going on, and then trying to bring the kids into it. That was a lot, and that's emotionally a lot for children. Which now you see the result of all of that. She's all up in their house and has a rest yes. of invading their their home space that's supposed to be their safe safe space and it just it turned out to be too much. And, and the, the boy, show, can you yeah. be any more naive? Like isn't yeah. he old enough to know better? <laughs> Don't talk to strangers. Uh, now he's he's like let me let oh. me backtrack that. He's a boy, okay. so maybe he's like developing a little slower. <laughs> Oh, shots fired. Okay. Well, but, but honestly, no, he don't seem see that bright anyway. Let's be real. He's not. He doesn't seem that bright anyway. So. But yeah. no, I mean, yeah, he, he's pretty frustrating. But it, what's interesting is seeing um, is is seeing Tommy's rise to power. It's like he's clearly been waiting for a chance to to, to run point on all this. So yeah. that's oh, really that, that's kind of interesting. And then just I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm a little frustrated with Angela. But can you really blame her? Because she feels like she has to make up for so much stupid. That she's had because I mean he's been lying to her the entire time, lying about different stuff. This is actually yeah. one thing he didn't do, but this will be a very yeah, interesting. But she knew what she was getting into. And what she knew, she stayed in it. And she was just hoping that you know the fire wouldn't hit her. And then when it hit her, <laughs> oh now everything's wrong. 
Well, mm. you knew you shouldn't have been involved with a married man. I don't care if you knew him before, whatever the situation was, you shouldn't have been involved with him. When you found out he was doing dirt, you stayed there and just tried to keep your hands clean of it. Angie, you brought it on yourself. Forever. You brought it on yourself, Bruja. It's not going to last forever. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, so what three things are you watching, Kiana? All right, so the first one I'm watching is Claws. <gasps> yes! <laughs> yes! Oh, my God. There show. is just so much. There is, you know, the, the, the nail salon. Like, this is, for me, this is what... Um, Oh my gosh! Why am I forgetting the name of it? Uh, with Kevin Spacey, the uh, political thing. Oh, House of Cards. Yes, this is like what House of Cards is to politics for me. With like thinking of these things actually happen, like okay. claws is what now beauty salons are <laughs> to me. There's something else going on. <laughs> okay. Yes, they're all laundering money for the Dixie yeah. Mafia. But yes, it go was, ahead. It was funny. It, I mean, it's it's so crazy. But you see, like, I've never seen, um, I don't think I've ever seen uh, Karuche Chan. Is that her last name? Who? Oh, oh Karuche, yeah, Karuche. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen her act in anything. Um, yeah, me neither. I think she does a good job in in this um, in this uh, role that she's in. And then well, she kind of leans into her stereotype, though, because, they, I mean, she's portrayed as, like, a young, dumb, you know, uh, yeah basically thought for lack, that lack of a better word and she but really I, leans into it <laughs> i think but i think she is she is smarter than she is appearing although she still keeps doing dumb stuff she i'm has like a, really is she has, I mean. <laughs> some, some, some tinges of clever in there like when she showed up at the funeral I was like, girl, that was a good move until she started telling the story. Then and I was I mean, like, tell me. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. The, the best lies, are, you know, tell small lies because like, you know, Niecy Nash's character Desna said, yeah. now you have to keep track of all these other little lies that support the big right. lies. So yeah. yeah. Right. It, but it was, I thought it was a good move though to show up like that. <laughs> it was just when she started telling the story, I was like, oh Lord, everything's going to fall apart now. There were pig growls. <laughs> Like they, were, they put peanut butter on my feet. They were eating my toes. <laughs> I was like, what the heck, girl? The show is so extra that I, I love like, it completely. The little thing over my head. She's like, oh, that's burlap? <laughs> yes, yes. I can kind of see. <laughs> I was like, girl, are you crazy? Yes, and, and this type of, it's, it's yeah. the type of intro and show that it really can go anywhere. So I'm definitely... Um, yeah. Excited to see what they're going to do with it. And one of my favorite character actors, her name is Carrie Preston, the redhead. Uh, she plays yeah, Polly on the show. She so was much. on. She, she was on The Good Wife. She was on Person of Interest. She's actually yeah. she's married to the guy on Person of Interest um, uh, who played really? Harold. Yeah, that, that was yeah. Husband, the, Michael Emerson. That's her husband. He was all, the guy who was on Lost in in the book. Yeah. Um, and she's just really. She's. I mean. I was, I was I was very kind of surprised to see her up in this in this show, but it just shows that she truly is an actor because I mean I'm not sure if she's like the most believable ex-con per se, but the fact that she was both Elspeth Tassioni, who plays like the really scatterbrained but brilliant um, a lawyer on both The Good Wife and The Good Fight, to this kind of you know for lack of a better term again you know white trashy you know ex-convict who I guess went to jail for. For was it check kiting or or? I don't think we know yet because she keeps making different stories. That's yeah. She went to to jail for something. So and but it's really fun to see her in there. And and the one thing I definitely like about Claws is that their social media is on top of stuff because they've interacted with me a few times. Because I I mean I saw like a preview like 
I don't know. I think it came on after the NBA finals or something mm-hmm. uh, one week, and I and I started tweeting out. I was really excited about it. And they interact. Jen Lyon, the the, the brassy blonde with the uh, yeah. yeah, uh she you know she likes you know uh, liking or retweeting people and stuff. So they're they're on their game. I'm really excited. And this is and one of the executive producers is Rashida Jones. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Rashida but Jones. I, I'm loving that show so far. Yeah. I don't think I could do those nails, but. <laughs> I can do show. Those like, like, let, let's see your claws. Are, you, are your claws done? No, are your nails are, I'm, I'm still, I'm not second grade yet because <laughs> the nail polish is still there, but you know, <laughs> okay. I think I'm doing all right. <laughs> I will, well, Des and the crew will hook you up. <laughs> all right, what else are you watching? I am watching Preacher. So this is in the second season. Um, it's it's interesting because, you know, you have this guy, um, ex-felon, who is, uh, has promised his dad that he's going to go on the straight and narrow, becomes this preacher. All of a sudden, he's got Genesis that allows him to make other people do whatever he wants to do. He's got this dude chasing him, trying to kill him because those dudes that wouldn't die (laughs) contracted him to kill them. And it's just, it's wild. And now God is missing. And so he's looking for God. And so it's just, it's, it's, it's wild. Um, And I I think it's a cool, I think it's a cool show. Oh, okay. I, I never, I mean, I don't know why I so fervently resisted preacher and i see all the ads because I, I watch several amc shows but i just i mean i know it's off like a graphic novel and everything but i just yeah. didn't I, I never watched it i mean so i might yeah. have to i mean my list is ever expanding i might have to put it on the list if you strongly recommend it but um it seems like a like an interesting show so um, it's cool but i however i think it's kind of in the same vein as american gods like it could be hard for somebody to get into then i'm out I'm out yeah. on American Gods. I, I gave it like so, two episodes. Hey, I'm out. Watch, watch an episode. See what you think. And if it's something that is just too far-fetched, then give it up. But try it. All right. So what's your third one? Uh, the third <laughs> one is Queen Sugar. Ah, <laughs> yes. yes. Now, now, I haven't seen last last week's episode yet, so don't spoil it. Oh, okay. Last, I won't, I won't my, tell anything. I, I did see the first two, though. The, or the, the opening night, like the... I think they had like back-back nights of uh, of hour-long premieres or something like that. So I did watch those two. Yeah, so I'm trying to remember what not to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's when we we went to jail, or he he got stopped. The the kid got stopped, and then Davis had to use a celebrity to get him out and all sorts. Of yes. Stuff. Yeah. Yes. 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 I think that have I seen an episode after that? No, I think that's the last episode that I saw. Oh, okay, good, because because there, there is one sitting on my DVR from last Wednesday. That I'm probably gonna get to tonight while I'm working. So yeah. okay, I think I haven't watched that one yet, then. But um, yeah, I enjoy that show because I feel like it is. I love shows that show the um, complexity and variety of life that just African Americans have. Like it keeps us from from seeming one dimensional and. I love it from that perspective. And you've got like three very different siblings that, um, you know, you've got the, the businesswoman with the, you know, the cheating husband and, and her child trying to take care of, you know, she's trying to take care of them. And you've got the other sister who is a political activist and a journalist, and she's 
that she smokes weed or grows she, weed actually. She's kind of sexually fluid. Yes. And, <laughs> and um, very much into, you know, you know, the black power kind of stuff, black lives matter kind of stuff. But then mm-hmm. she's sleeping with white guys and women and like, she's just very open. And but complex. Also, <laughs> you said blessed. No, no. Well, she's <laughs> like what? Regina <laughs> Wesley. No, and complex. Yeah, complex. Rest and complex. Complexity. Not a lot going on, and yes. you know, I just I like to see that they're multi-dimensional characters, and that it's it's real life, and it shows like there are you know it shows the the successes that they have, but it also shows like how tough it is to get to some of those successes and what happens when you fall. And I, I, I like that whole complexity of the show. Yeah, and it took me a few episodes. <clears throat> I think I think it only started really clicking to me on the, around the fourth episode because I almost gave up on it. Now, And I love mm-hmm. Ava. Everyone in Southern California has some sort of personal relationship with Ava or goes back to Ava. So I wanted to support her. But around the fourth episode, it really started to click for me in jail, and I really started to, to invest. Yeah. At first it felt – I mean, like – it's, it was always beautifully shot. I think she directed the first one yeah. or two episodes and everything. So it was always going to look great. But it took a while for me to really kind of let it sink into me. But once it did, like, yeah, I was, I was, I was pretty hooked. And, and, I, and for most of the reasons that you said, the complexity <clears throat> and the diversity and just the, the, the drama. It's not quite like – I mean, I'm not saying this is kind of like Dynasty at all per se. You know, it's not like Soapy. But, I mean, it's, it's got, you know, some, some interesting drama. It touches on some real stuff. And also it kind of takes you to a world that at least I wasn't very familiar with, which is the whole sugar, you know, farming yeah. business in Louisiana. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of interesting. <clears throat> All right. Well, hell, that's <laughs> that's what we're watching, everybody. <laughs> All right. So to this week's episode's central topic, we are doing the top five time travel movies. Or did I just say that? No, I just said that. That's right. Time travel. I just went back yes. time for a quick second. <laughs> That's right. And y'all know how we do it, but if you don't, this is how we do it. Basically, here are the rules. We're, each one of us, we're going to name a time travel movie. We're, we're going to alternate picks. Once someone names a movie, that movie is out of play. And so there's a little bit of strategy involved. If you think someone's going to say your movie, you better say it first. And since I am a gentleman, or at least my former self was, uh, I'm going <laughs> to let Kiana go first. What, All right. What is going to be on your time travel movie list, KP? And let me go get ready to share my screen so we can go look at these movies together. Go for it. I'm going to take one out of play right now. So obvious. I already know what you're going to do. Oh, of course. Back to the Future. <laughs> ah, okay. All right. Back to the Future. Marty McFly. Yes. I mean, those moon shoes. <laughs> And that the great clock. soundtrack. Dun, 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 dun. Yes, love and that. Plus, I was still on a high because I, I, I loved, um, oh my God, why can't I think of his name right now? I'm looking at his face. <laughs> Michael, Michael J. J. Fox, yes. Yes, I, I, I loved him. And um, I, I just thought, I thought it was a, a fun movie to watch. And shoot, It's an excellent oh, movie. Yeah, was super young. When did that movie come out? 85. 85. I don't know about you, but I was 10. Yeah. I was it, 11. Yeah. Wow. So Excellent. I enjoyed it. And then afterwards, you get to go to Universal Studios and experience all that stuff. You know? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Back to the Future, it's just, I mean, it's just a classic film. It's just, I mean, not even, it's one. probably one of the best films, you know, I mean, at least for, for my experience, I can remember, you know, seeing it. It's just a great time to movies, great time to own, and it's awesome. 
Yeah, one, one more can be said. Back to the Future. That's an excellent choice. Excellent, excellent. And going off of that, I'm thinking Back to the Future 2, and we can pretty much leave it at that. No, because seriously, because, and this is one of those, and I'm not, I mean, it was always at the top of my list. I almost was going to outlaw Back to the Future movies, period, because Why? it's too easy. Well, it's too easy. It's like, I mean, Jaws 19, that's so funny. Yeah, I mean, because, and I love any kind of time travel movie that sends you to the future. The future yeah. is awesome. Their vision of the future, and ironically, their, their vision of the future was 2015, because that seemed so far away back That's in 85. Crazy. Yeah, no, it was like 30 years ago. I mean, and, we, and there was actually Back to the Future Day. Do you remember this? Back in 2015, he goes back to, what was it, October 22nd? Yes. And it was trending on Twitter that day because, oh, happy Back to the Future Day, blah, 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 yeah. you know, because, yeah, all that stuff. Uh, because in, it's just, I mean, I love visions of the future. Their vision of the future seemed... I don't know, somewhat um, achievable to an extent. I mean, the hoverboards, the yeah. lace-up sneakers, I mean, yeah. and then the whole space-time continuum. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it all. It's just, it's just so much fun. <laughs> I love visions of the future, especially ones that aren't, like, dystopian. It's so easy to look at the future as being bleak, especially yeah. when you have stuff out there like Handmaid's Tale and some other stuff. But I love Back to the Future 2. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think about Back to the Future 2? I love it. I just love it. I liked it. You know, I I liked all of them. You know, it's very um, kind of, I think, light kind of humor to where you just go in and, and enjoy and have fun and, and wonder what if with it. I enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, this Achilles heels and he played like all these characters. It was, it's, you know what? I'm sorry. It's so adorable. I haven't seen Back to Future 2 in about three years. I need to go see it again. This is oh my so God, much fun. Dog on Bully. Oh, I know, Biff. <laughs> oh, Biff. Hello, McFly. Well, oh. You're an old man, and you're still a butthead. You know, <laughs> word too. Don't call him chicken. Do not call me chicken. I mean, that, 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 I mean, the fact that the entire trilogy centered around like him being called chicken is amazing. Anyways, that's a great movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Off the board, both the first two Back to the Futures. Oh, cool, cool. All right, so what you got? Um, let's see. I like The Time Traveler's Wife. Oh, um, very nice. I remember that one. I, I saw that in the theater, actually. I yeah. enjoyed that one. I mean, ahead, it was, there were moments that were very sweet and wonderful, like when he was able to see his daughter and well, his well, daughter. Give us a quick synopsis for people who haven't seen it, because I don't think a lot of people saw The oh, Time okay. Traveler's Wife. So this is a movie where there's a man who travels um, through time, but he has no control over when and how long he's going to be there. But he meets Eric this Banna. young girl. What'd you say? Eric Bannon as oh, the yes. traveling man. Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Hulk. Yes, the, the one true Hulk, yes. Yeah, but he meets this young girl, and um, she doesn't remember him, but in their future, they're married, and they end up having a child. And he's just kind of bouncing around time and seeing um, her at different points and Every time they meet up again, she's like, okay, well, where are you from this time? And so he has mm -hmm. to explain to her how old he is, how old their child is, and whether or not they have a child yet. And it's just all this, it ends up her waiting for him throughout her life. And it's just, um, you can um, kind of feel the angst that she has about not knowing when she's going to see him again or where he is. And and then, you know, the the kind of angst that he has about not knowing when he's gonna show up. <laughs> so it's, yes, it's, Rachel McAdams in the in in the the lead female role. 
Yeah, yeah. So I enjoyed that movie. It was a, it was nice and romantic, but it was all there was also you know a sadness to it. Yeah, and that and and you know modestly budgeted, modestly modest gross, kind of I wouldn't say dumped in the summer of of a t- two thousand nine, but I mean it just seemed like it didn't get like it's due. I remember seeing it in the theater. I remember enjoying it, and yeah, it's 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 a sweetly romantic time traveling story. That's interesting. I, I like that choice. I, it's a choice that I, that was not on my radar. So you know, kudos to you. I like that. Good stuff. Um. I'm taking this one off the board, although I don't think you're necessarily checking for it if you're going in Time Traveler's Wife directions. Uh, but I'm going with Time Cop. Jean-Claude Van Damme, 1994. That was not on my radar at all. <laughs> I, you know, I probably go away on this, but, you know, just in case. Because this, this is like, this is, I mean, so so last week we, uh, with the tripod, uh, uh, Greg and, and uh, uh, G-Nice and KG, uh, we did good, bad movies. And this, uh, if this wasn't mentioned, this was absolutely an honorable mention. Jean-Claude Van Damme had a whole stretch of his career that he just did nothing but good, bad movies. This could be considered a good, bad movie, but it's actually just a good movie. Low-key. It's a low-key good movie. The time trial stuff doesn't make any sense at all, but I, I love, like, once again, it's, it's it's Vision of the Future. It's not terribly dark. There is space-time continuum stuff, like people messing with the past and you affecting the future. And the thing I actually really like is that for some reason, this really sticks in my head every time I think about Time Cop, is that they presaged our era of autonomous vehicles. Because I just remember, like, early on in that movie, he gets in the back of a car, it's driving without a driver, and he's, like, watching TV and doing stuff. I'm like, oh, wow, that's a cool vision of the future that we'll never have. Oh, contraire, mon frere. <laughs> We're going to have that. Yeah. If it's up to Uber at all. So, yeah, it's just, I mean, you know. I mean, Jean-Claude Van Damme in his super, I mean, I, th- I think he's, what, in his late 30s, early 40s, but still, like, high-kicking the hell out of everybody. It's just, it's just a great time. <laughs> just a great time. I mean, yeah, and, and, and the whole setup and the whole thing is about him trying to get, is trying to save his wife from being murdered, you know, in the past, yeah. and Mia Sarah, you know, yeah, yeah. and all her, her early 90s Mia Sarah-ness, you know, big deal in the, in the late 80s. So, yeah, yeah. time to yeah. talk. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah. Let's see. Did you ever did you ever see Time Cop? Because you seem kind of like you never I saw. I did, it. I did, okay. but it was a long time ago, and so you know, wasn't I that great? Was, wasn't that great for you, huh? I, I rarely remember what happens in things, but I know I saw it. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Let's see. What's my right, next? What you got? Oh, the jacket with um, Adrian Brody where he gets killed and he's taken to this um, psychiatric ward and gets put into, um, what's the box, the, the drawer that they put um, uh, uh, cadavers in? I don't know. Uh, what that oh, is. you mean like on the slab? He's like a- Yeah, they the put him on the slab, they put him in uh-huh. this jacket. But every time he goes into this, this um, drawer, he goes, um, what's he going? I think he was going to the past to try to figure out or was he going? He was going somewhere in time. I think maybe in the future to try to figure out what happened to him to solve his own murder. And so it was like he, um, but he didn't know. I don't know. think I've seen this one. I've heard of it. I don't you know think what? I've seen this. No. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was one of those psychological thrillers. But um, what else did he have going on? Um, Young Kira Knightley. Okay, all right. Yeah. I'm, I'm digging it. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, huge, huge Kira Knightley fan. So I don't know if you remember, but uh, the old house in Lawndale, when I used to have like ringed around the uh, living room, like those little framed uh, port uh, portraits, whatever, of, of actors whose work I admire, she was up there. Ah. <laughs> she was up there from her, uh, I think, first night days. Like when she, she was like covered in chain mail, was looking like s smoking hot. Kira Knightley, everybody. Yeah, she is beautiful. She yes. is beautiful. I will definitely give her that. Yeah, wow. You know, this might be the two thinnest or slimmest leads of all time. They both look so gaunt. You know, <laughs> like, I was like recently at, um, where was I? I was at this hotel, at the Peninsula Hotel in uh, Beverly Hills. I saw him sitting in the corner. And oh, so funny because I'm like, okay, I'm so, I'm so from LA because I just walked in. I was like, oh, there's Adrian Brody. And I went and sat down and handled my business. <laughs> you know, you know. Just another movie star hanging out. At the <laughs> right, like, I'm not gonna go bother him or anything. I'm just you yeah, know, that's him. <laughs> okay, all right, the jacket. All right, <clears throat> I'll buy that. <laughs> and and it says on the the poster, I was 27 year old, 27 years old the first time I died. Ooh, okay, yeah. spooky, haunting. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to. All right, this probably isn't on your radar, which is sad because. A lot of people kind of slept on it. It made some money, enough to kind of earn cult status to get a sequel, um, which I can't wait to see. But I'm doing the Tom Cruise actioner Edge of Tomorrow, which got also renamed Live, Die, Repeat for some unknown reason, and had Emily Blunt. It is a really good time. Doug Lyman directed. What happened on this one? Because I know I saw it. So, all right, so it came out in summer 2014. The thing oh, is, is, yes, it's the one where he keeps dying on the battlefield and he yes. keeps going back because he's like infected with some, with the, so it's, it's a, it's, it's a future, not necessarily like post apocalyptic or anything, but it's, it, it's a future where we're at war. We're at war with these aliens who are trying to take over the planet. Okay. And we've got like these mechanized, like kind of like uh, exosuits, you know, these, mm -hmm. uh, and you know, like you see in Tom Cruise in this picture and he's, and you, you first see him like kind of jumping out of a plane, landing on a beach right into the middle of like a futurist D-Day. And he's fighting and fighting, trying to live and he keeps, and he dies. And every time he dies, he wakes up like, I guess the, the day before whatever in training uh, or our, our first arriving uh, for going going to battle, and he keeps running into Emily Blunt's character, who's who's like this really famous sergeant or something, who's like kind of like the picture of the war effort, and mm -hmm. and she and she knows like his secret or something, and she's trying to like tell him like every time you die, you come back to this spot, you know you you know you need to remember you know what your what's going to happen so you can help avoid it, and it's really and he he must have died at least like. Forty or fifty times this movie. It's so funny. At one point, there's just a montage of him dying <laughs> and like trying not to, just dying all these new, different, stupid ways. It's really funny and basically trying to harness like his alien power to help win the war. And it's just, it's. I, I really enjoyed it. She's, I mean, she's really fierce and tough and sexy as hell. They show her like doing like a lot of like power Pilates and stuff and and looking all like limber and everything. No. Yeah, no, for real. It's like first time she's like she's in the Cobra. She's like, I mean, I, you don't have the camera on me now, but I'm. Doing Doing like the Cobra, where you kind of like you know your 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 back's arched up and everything. She's got a little you know. Anyways, so she's doing a lot of power power yoga, power Pilates, and and basically trying to train him into being into being able to survive long enough to, in order to, to to end the war. So I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was largely slept on. I guess it's had like a bit of a cult 
uh, uh, status on video, or whatever, to the point where they're, they're doing a sequel. Everyone's on board. Um, oh. I think it might be coming out in a couple of years. Yeah, there's a nice portrait of her as like you know the face of the resistance or the or the or the United uh, Earth Defense, or whatever. And yeah, and I, I I love Emily Blunt, man. I mean, I'm really. I mean, you know, you know, strikingly beautiful, talented actress, and often I just think underrated, just like really underrated. Yeah. So, yeah. Look at, see, look at power Pilates. That's how you get that body. That's power cute. Pilates, right there. Those arms are strong. <laughs> Yo, sun's out, guns out. Go ahead, right to your arms. <laughs> yeah. So I, I really enjoyed this movie, Edge of Tomorrow. Cool. Yeah, so do you, do you do you remember anything about it? You remember you said you saw it, right? Yeah, I saw like it because I remember them. I remember him keep. And then he kept coming back on the um, on the battlefield. I definitely yeah. remember that part. But you this one, like this the one where they um, where they had their homes like in these pods above everything. Was this um, that one? Um, I don't think so. Okay, maybe this is a different. Uh, that's a different one that I'm thinking of. There was some yeah. movie where they lived in pods. Yeah, it was like a. A glass, like a glass house. <laughs> oh no, 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 that's not this one. They're they're okay. mostly on the on the on the military base. Okay. Yes. All right, edge edge of tomorrow slash live die repeat. That's my <clears throat> that's my third choice. Cool. Right, go ahead. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, so my next one is called About Time, and huh. this is one where um, there <clears throat> is uh, a guy discovers from his father, I believe, that the men in their family can travel back in time. That's right. So I saw this movie. He in decides the- he's going to travel back to try to change his love life, but he keeps messing up stuff. He does. <laughs> and yeah. so, um, this is he, a beautiful uh, movie. You are you have such a you have such a beautiful soul, Keanu. You're going for all these these these, these, <laughs> these romantic time traveling tear jerkers. I mean, I know, I know. And my last one is going to be one too. Oh, I know man. you're not going to pick this one. <laughs> Challenge accepted, but all right, go ahead. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure. If you've seen it, I'll be surprised. <laughs> oh, is that Margot Robbie? Young Margot Robbie, okay. All yeah, right. but it was, a, it was a really good movie. He ended up um, finally meeting someone that he falls in love with, but he still, go, still goes back in time and messes things up because originally they had a daughter, but then he went back in time before his, I think, his daughter was born, then he went back in time, which was a mistake, because then when he went back in time and then came back, his daughter didn't exist anymore. He had a son now. So then he discovered he couldn't go back after somebody was, uh, after a child was born. Mm. So it was just, it was, it was. Um, the rules of time travel, it definitely changed yeah. from film to film. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, about time. I, I enjoyed this movie, and I remember seeing it in the theater. So, yeah, all right, kids. You yeah. know, and, and this is why it's from Richard Curtis. And, I mean, one of my all-time favorite movies is Love Actually. And he also did Notting yeah. Hill and the Courtney's poster, Four Weddings and a Funeral, and all that good stuff. But, yeah, he's he's a really – he's very, very solid. You know, probably yeah. an, an, an overlooked British national treasure. Yeah, he's, he's really good. Very good. All right, all right, I approve. I like that. Good, excellent choice. I am going to all right. So there's yeah, you're probably not going to choose this, but I'm gonna take it anyways because my last two you're not going to take. So <clears throat> I'm gonna go with Deja Vu because yes, that was on my list. <laughs> ah, yes, <laughs> but that wasn't my last one. Oh. I was hoping you would bring it up right now because otherwise oh. I was gonna say we have to have an honorable mention. <laughs> quit, quit messing with my mind, Kiana. Quit messing with my mind. I, I stole it. All right, I stole it. No, but Deja Vu because first of all, I mean, this is, I mean, I, I don't know how many times I'm going to say underrated with this category. It seems like a lot of these time travel movies 
tend to be somewhat underrated, but <clears throat> Deja Vu was really good. Tony yeah. Scott, may he rest in peace, the action director who was kind of like, uh, Denzel was kind of a bit of his muse. I mean, Tony Scott did this, uh, it, it was really it was the movie that kind of really uh, introduced us to a great scale to Paula Patton. She's, uh, she plays the, the love interest to an extent. And it's just Denzel, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's probably the first movie where we're seeing Denzel look a little bit old. I mean, he's still, you know, in-, in <laughs> Looking old. <laughs> yeah, not, I mean, he doesn't, I mean, well, just, just that, I mean, he can't, I mean, I don't know. I, there's no delicate way to say this. I'm not fat shaming or anything, but you could kind of tell like, okay, so, I mean, it's getting hard to keep the pounds off a little bit because he's getting old. And look, once you're over 40, from what I've been told and what I've experienced, you know, your testosterone drops, low T and all that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, see you had to throw the low T in there. <laughs> I it's sad. Not be making fans of your forty plus men right now. I am a forty plus man. I know where I speak. That's all I'm saying. So no, not everybody's man. supposed to know your secret. <laughs> so, or, or as uh, KG said once, uh, uh, black don't crack, but brown exp- but but brown expands or expounds or something. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. So, but either way, I mean, all I'm saying though is. That's neither here nor there. It's a great, it's a great uh, movie. It's really good, uh, interesting use of time travel. It's he's basically playing like a an ATF agent, and he joins like this uh, this unit that which basically blacks out the city every time it, they use to it to go time traveling. He time travels back. I can't. What was it? Was a few days before a woman was murdered. He's investigating a murder. He's trying to figure out how it happened. He stumbles onto this this unit that's able to, to travel in time. He travels in time to to stop the murder. Ends up falling in love with the woman who gets murdered. It's really kind of cool. It, it does combine an element which I'm sure you really enjoy. There's there's a romance in there a little bit. Although from afar, he can he can kind of see her. Kind of he's kind of like stalking her, or she can kind of feel him, his presence and stuff. It's really kind of spooky, but really kind of cool because he can like observe her and and they. Can can basically watch like you know the the past few days as it you know leads up into real time mm-hmm. and he has some really freaky cool effects where he's driving on the street in like in present time but yet he can still see like the past at the same time it's really really kind of cool so a lot of yeah. tech- technological stuff that's cool a lot of uh, emotional stuff that's cool and i yeah i really dug it it's denzel hell i mean he's like my favorite yeah. actor of all time period yeah yeah, just you know, Denzel. Yeah, Paula Patton. Yeah, you know, young Paul. I mean, you know, we get you know, yes, Paula Patton. We get to see young Paula Patton in all her glory. So yes, I'm very, <laughs> I'm very much there for this this movie. Cool, cool, cool. All right. So what do you got? Well, this one is called Somewhere in Time. All right, this is your last one. You got to make it count. And this is a movie I saw. Um, oh. I had to have been a kid. Oh. I saw it on TV though. Okay. But this is, I love Christopher. She's breathtaking. I, Jane Seymour. Yes. Look at her. 1980. Yeah. Jane Seymour. So Christopher Reeve. Somehow he goes, um, he has this coin and he goes unconscious with this coin in his coat pocket and he goes back in time and he meets her and he mm. falls in love with her, but he can't stay there. So he eventually, I think he, um, how did he get back? I think he accidentally took the coin out. And so he ended up in the in the present time again. And he was trying and trying and trying to get back to her. And it was so heartbreaking to see him trying to get back to her. And he just could not get back to her. And see, there he is, like trying yeah, to get back. <laughs> look at those leading man looks. My goodness. I mean, no wonder He's he was so beautiful. Superman. That's Superman. 
Yeah, and, look, I mean, those cheekbones and everything, that hair, that hair is actually, that's like timeless hair. I mean, it's the 80s, that's kind of the style, but that hair is really But it was such a, it was such a sad and, and romantic movie that he just fell so deeply in love with this woman. And think about how you feel when you have someone who is, they seem within your reach, and then you lose them. <laughs> And yeah, I have no idea what that feels like, KP. I have no idea what that feels like. Almost within your grasp, <laughs> just out of reach. No idea what that feels like. <clears throat> anyway. It's, it's, it's just, man, it, it was he was constantly feeling that way and just could not figure out how to get back to her. See, there uh, he is. So uh, sad in the present time. Look at those beautiful people. I can't stand yeah. it. Look at that. Wow, yeah. look at that. Look at that framing and cinematography. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I'm not, I'm gonna check this out. I've never I've never seen this. Watch movie. it. It's a, it's, it's a really beautiful movie, but sad and, oh. <laughs> right up your alley. All right, well, way to finish off your list. I'm going to finish my list <clears throat> with something a little cheesy, definitely sci-fi-ish, um, but deals with time travel. And I'm going with Star Trek IV. Yeah, okay. Yes, uh, uh, what was the, 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 long, the Voyage Home? That's right. Because this is the one, super cheesy. I saw it in the theater as a kid. Came out in, was it, 89? 86, that's right. Ooh, that's wow. Right. You know, uh, mom taking me to see it or whatever, and this is the one where, where I don't know, I don't know what the mechanics are, you know, of them going back in time for this, but they're basically going back to save the whale. So it's basically like the world's coolest, you know, eco-friendly movie ever. And then they go back in time to kind of save the whales because the whales would like save the planet, and and you know, the Enterprise turns into like goes so fast, and the warp speed turns into like a time machine or something, and they go back to like you know, <clears throat> to I guess present day. Um, San Francisco, which of course was like '86, um, because they're from the future. I think during the 24th century, and it was, it was really kind of cool. I mean, you know, the, the, it's back when when the Star Trek movies before the reboots and stuff were really actually cool. I think they started to kind of drop off after Star Trek V, but this is mm -hmm. like after Search for Spock and everything, and that and those were like really. Well, actually, actually, Search for Spock was number two, and then the third one was pretty good because they got Spock back, and then this is the first one after that. This made like a ton of money. I remember it was very popular. Like I said, a big eco-friendly um, uh, uh, message, and I just remember enjoying the hell out of it. It was a really good time, and and they saved the whales and everything, so that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I have not seen that. You know, I I had not really gotten into Star Trek until the more recent. Oh, into the reboot. Yeah, I, haven't, yeah. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, no, I mean, so I, like I said, I think the first five are worth your time. After that, I think the was the Undiscovered Country, it really drops off, and then, yeah, it gets, and then that, that, that's why it kind of, like, died for a while until they rebooted it. But, yeah, I'm a fan of the reboots, too, especially yeah. the first reboot, the, the one in 2009 with the Chris Pine. That one I thought was excellent yeah. to go through. I, I must have saw that one three times in the movies, at the movie theater. That was really good. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so, that, so that's my list. That's your list. Yeah. And there we go. It's yeah. All right. So we're at the crux of this podcast. What is Cinema Draft? It is the fancy sports version of the movies. But instead of drafting athletes from teams, you're drafting actors from movies. And how the movies perform at the North American box office will earn you points for your call sheet of actors while competing against others for fun and prizes. You draft ten actors who are each assigned a dollar value salary. You have hundred thousand dollars in budget to try to draft all ten actors. No more, no less. And you must draft at least one actor from each of the three release types of movies. Wide release, 2,000 screens and up. Limited release, between 
501 and 1999 screens, and then platform release, 500 screens and less. And you have two headliners per film. The headliners are stars whose points are worth 40% more. So for example, Suicide Squad earns $100 million, and you get one point per million per actor in wide release. Margot Robbie would get 100 points, while Will Smith would get 140. The game is free to play. We have over $200 in prize this week, plus a $25 bonus to the highest scoring call sheet, not my own. If I have the highest scoring call sheet, which has not been known to happen on occasion, I thought I was going to get it last week. Damn it, I didn't. Uh, but if I have the highest scoring call sheet, then the $25 bonus gets rolled into the next week, where it becomes a $50 bonus, and so on and so forth, until someone not named Cinema Draft Swag, that is my screen name, wins the call sheet of the week. Our beta testing is open and live and free to play for the public, and we are about to dive into the shot list. Yes, the shot list. This, these are basically going to be your the, the actors you're going to look out for to get onto your call sheets this weekend. It's some views you can use to pick the winning Cinema Draft call sheet because we are all about winning and strategy. So just off the top of your head, are there any movies and actors you're looking out for this weekend, Kiana? Um, there is only one <laughs> that okay. I'm looking out for, and that's Baby Driver. Yes! Oh, my goodness. If I were yes. to record this podcast with you right now, I'd be at – the, the the theater up in North Las Vegas <laughs> with the D box seats. Can you D box is gonna be bananas with baby drivers? It's, be well, awesome it, it's such a unique concept. Um, yeah. Just you know having the the movie kind of surrounding or or based on the beats of a soundtrack. Like yes. I've never heard of anything like that. So I'm interested to see how all that plays out. Great actors in it: Jamie Foxx, Kevin Spacey. So. Yeah, I want to see that. Yeah, no, I, I mean, the, the marketing has been pitch perfect for it. I saw, like, another trailer or whatever on today. I'm really hyped for it. Uh, big shout-out to Ringballs22, one of our top players in the game. Works at a movie theater. Already went and saw uh, Baby Driver and is just gushing about it. I think it is quietly going to clean up. And so, yeah, so that's a great segue, Kiana. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for the handoff. Because the um, first one on the A-list for me was going to be Ansel Elgort. Try saying that three times fast. Ansel Elgort. Ansel Elgort. I, I can't even do it. Ansel. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't even do it. Ansel Elgort, the the ba the the titular baby driver. He's ten thousand two hundred this week. Might even be underpriced. Uh, it's kind of hard to get a beat on how much this is gonna do. I went to HSX. That's the Hollywood Stock Exchange. Sometimes I go to, for reference to kind of get an idea on how to price out some of these movies' uh, salaries for their stars. And when you look at Baby Driver, I believe their expectations were fairly modest. So basically, uh, with HSX, you can tr translate $1 in their game to a million dollars at box office. And it looks like they're only looking at an $18 million opening weekend. That seems okay. ridiculously low. Really? That seems really low. All I, I mean. Screens? Uh, well, it's on 3,100 screens, I think. Uh, actually, that's a great question. Let's, let's double check uh, at uh, Box Office Mojo how many the theater count for it. Last time I checked, I believe it was 3,100 screens. Um, no, for, uh, yeah, 3,100 screens-ish. Uh, they'll, up, they'll update that on Thursday. It actually re uh, released late tonight uh, slash a Wednesday release, so I'm yeah. definitely going to go try to see it tomorrow morning if I can in D-Box. Have my seat going <laughs> <laughs> hither and throw. Uh, but yeah, so they, yeah, I'm looking out for Baby Driver. I think that $18 million is wildly low. I think it's going to do yeah. great business. It's a crowded, it's a crowded uh, opening weekend, though. I mean, you've got uh, Baby Driver going up against Despicable Me, which is yeah. the next part of the A-list, 
which are actors you'll definitely want on your call sheet. And I'm choosing Kristen Wiig. She's a cheaper of the two headliners at 30800 30000 wow. Eduardo. I know, right? Yeah. So, right. so wh why do you think I've got it priced up at 30800 What do you think is going to open this weekend uh, for Despicable Me? How much money? Yes. Take a wild oh guess. God, I don't know. <laughs> A hundred thousand? <laughs> More like a hundred million dollars. Check this out. You go to HSX. I mean, that's what I mean, a hundred million. <laughs> okay, yeah, a hundred thousand. Yes, that'd be a great Thank platform. You for me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but yeah, Despicable Me three. And look, I love both the Despicable Me's, especially Agnes from the first one. It's so fluffy. It's so fluffy. I'm just gonna die. I love Agnes. She's the best. But look at that opening weekend. One oh six point three. That is. Redonkulous. So once I saw it was even in that at that stratosphere, I had to price it up. Thirty thousand eight hundred is is Kristen Wiig's uh, salary. You had to price her up. Same thing as Steve Carell's at a tidy thirty two thousand, and he gets the extra twelve hundred dollar bump because he is Gru. He's the voice of Gru. It's all voice roles as you can see over here. But he's the voice of Gru. He's a star. Got a pretty uh, pretty nicely packed uh, uh, cast. Got got some. Oh. Um, Jenny Slade, Trey Parker, Russell Brand, back at, back up in the Heezy. So yeah, it's it's gonna do really really well, and so we priced it accordingly. I'm not even sure what the strategy is gonna be this week. I mean, Baby Driver is gonna have so much heat on it. It's fairly affordable. You probably want some exposure to that. You want some exposure to Despicable Me. But then then you also got the house, and that brings us to the second part of the shot list. This is this is our co-starring part, where these are some values you may want to look out for this weekend. They could hit, they could miss, but most likely they're going to hit. And I put in there Amy Poehler, priced exactly the same with Will Ferrell as they're headlining The House. Have you heard about The House, Kiana? Um, I've heard a little bit about it, but tell me more. Yeah, so this is the one, I mean, this plays right into my sensibilities as a part-time poker player. But yes, uh, it's basically what they... Uh, this, this couple, they're about to empty nest, sending their daughter off to college, and they find out they actually spent her college tuition money. So they have to figure out how to make up four years worth of tuition in like a month. And their crazy friend, the dude from uh, the league, um, Jason Matsakis, the, the guy with the big beard, that guy, uh, oh, he basically's man. like, yeah, why don't you open up an illegal casino in your house? And so they turn crazy. it into, <laughs> yes, exactly. They turn their house, their suburban house, into like this raucous Vegas style casino with like a massage parlor and nail shop and, <laughs> and, and like craps and roulette and all sorts of stuff. So it looks, it's really high concept comedy. It's R rated, so they're really going to go for it. So I don't know. I think this could do some business. All right. Yeah. Like, like, is yeah. So it's, it's, I mean, really likable stars. I mean, place your bets. I mean, yeah, I, I like it. It's got potential. But once again, it's going to be a very crowded weekend. And But it's an extended weekend. It's a 4th of July weekend. Everyone's out of school. Everyone's off work. I mean, I don't know. I, I think there might be room enough in the in the, in the the box office to accommodate all these movies. There's sometimes, as I, I like to say, that the box office expands to meet the demand. And this is the type of weekend, because of the 4th of July holiday, I think it will expand to meet the demand. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and then also, ah, okay. And so for the limited release people, because limited release actually is going to be wide open this weekend. I'm looking at John Lithgow in Beatriz at Dinner. I'm mm. seeing a lot of uh, marketing for this on, you know, I guess on some of your more uh, higher income channels like your MSNBCs and your AMCs and things like that nature. Mm -hmm. It's already done gangbuster business. I believe Beatriz at Dinner, which we did not have in the talent pool, 
up until this point. Beaches at Dinner, I think, had what was it like nine thousand per screen last weekend? It was pre- it did pretty well. Beaches, where'd it go? It was it was only on like a handful of screens. It's up higher. Oh, you see it? Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah it, it did. Okay, 15. yeah, yeah, thirty-five hundred yeah. per screen on four on almost five hundred screens. So I'm mm-hmm. not sure if it will still be platform release. I actually anticipate a. It'll creep into limited. It's only nine. It's only about ten away from being a limited release. So if it goes into limited, you might want to keep your eye on it, especially if it goes up to like six fifty, seven hundred, because limited is going to be wide open. A lot of good choices this weekend in limited release. You got Beatriz. You got uh, you've got Baywatch, which was the deciding factor this week on several call sheets. Oh my god! Shout out to the Roan and to Michael Volante, who both had you know heaping helpings of Baywatch. Who, who would have thought a Baywatch is going to be the deciding uh, thing for for uh, call sheet of the week this week, but it was Baywatch. Um, still, actually, Baywatch just looks like it's going to dip into platform. My bad. Um, Baywatch and platform did really well, but limited release. You're probably going to have parts of the Caribbean, Dead Man Tell No Tales. That's still pulling some audiences. So, but I think Beatrice at dinner. It's it, it it's an interesting concept for uh, our politically charged times. I've been heard it called as the first. A, the first true movie of the Trump era, whatever that means, because it gets, mm. deals with like immigration and mm. things of that nature. Uh, also, want to take a look at the beguiled. The beguiled was, be, you know, was bedonkulous last week. The beguiled did was it four hundred thousand on four screens? Where'd it go? Yeah, the, the beguiled did yeah two hundred twenty nine thousand four screens. That's a fifty seven thousand per screen average. That's mm. ridiculous. And then even worse, that was the big sick. Yeah, actually, keep your eye on the big sick, quite honestly, because this one did eighty-four thousand per screen on five screens. It's definitely wow. a New York. It's definitely a New York, LA situation. Like I get it, and if and I believe it's fanning out onto more. Oh no, the beguiled is going to is is fanning out in the limited release. So keep your eye on the beguiled because okay. it's not going to keep it up at fifty-seven thousand per screen. But even if it does ten thousand per screen, I mean, you know, it's. That, that's what, like a five thousand. That's like a five million dollar movie. So just keep your eye on, on the beguiled. It's, okay. it's, it was a cans. Was it con? Can the cans favorite con favorite? So so Sophia. Uh, what's her face? The um, Sophia Coppola, Lost in Translation woman. Okay. Definitely keep your eye on that. And then the final part of the shot list is the cutting room floor. Skip these losers, and it breaks my heart. You skip this one, but it's rough night. I enjoyed rough night. I had a ball. There was actually about maybe a dozen people at a midday showing in someone part of Las Vegas on a Tuesday, I think, but or on a Monday. But damn it, if this movie ain't out of gas, it's drawing next to flies. You see, it's priced yeah. down to fifty-seven hundred. Uh, even ScarJo is at sixty-nine hundred. Zoe Crowd sixty-three hundred. I mean, it's it's just gonna be too wide for its own good unless it plummets. Into limited release, you're probably going to want to avoid Rough Night. And then also The Book of Henry is another movie that's a little bit too widely released for its own good. Uh, estimating it might be about 750 screens, already on 646 screens last weekend. And it's not doing the kind of business you're going to want out of a limited release this week. And this is the rare week when limited release is going to be wide open. A lot of good movies to choose from as far as what will get you points for your call sheet. Any other movies you're you're looking out for that are not wide release? Nope. 
Okay. All right. There you go. <laughs> Keep you moving. Uh, our over-under this week, and let's take a look at the over-under from last week. Our over-under this week will be Despicable Me 3, 100 million over-under. We're going to post the poll like we have last week with Transformers last night. As you can see from last week, 61% predicted Transformers last night would do 60 million its opening weekend, which means 61% were wrong, wrong, I say. It actually was 39, uh, 39% have it. I believe I voted with the 39% for a change. It, it was actually only did 44.7 million. It stumbled to its lowest opening in the Michael Bay era. So uh, this week, what do you think about Despicable Me 3? Do you think you will go over 100 million, Kiana? Over, under? I think because it's a holiday weekend, and like you said, you know, folks are out of school. People are going to have off work. I think it's going to do over. Okay, and I like I like that pick. I concur. I think I'm going over also. The lane is pretty clear. There's not a lot of like family friendly animated movies that are still in the marketplace. Yeah. I mean, Boss Baby finally got the help out of screens. Um, <laughs> I mean, no, for real, Captain Underpants on. Life support is going to most likely drop into limited this week. I mean, you know, it's it's time for a really big animated movie with a big name and pedigree like the Despicable Me franchise to come through the paint and just kind of, you know, wreck yeah. shop. So, yeah. I'm, and, you know, and it's Agnes. It's so fluffy. <laughs> She'll be there for you. <laughs> you no, know, you know, you're there for me. All right. Well, excellent. Well, this has been another excellent episode of the Cinedraft Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, Kiana Patton. Appreciate, uh, appreciate you joining us this week. Uh, where can you find Cinema Draft? Go to cinemadraft.co. That is cinemadraft.co. Get all your friends to sign up. The more people who play, the more people we can pay. We can get, get those prize pools up nice and juicy and fluffy, just like Agnes. <laughs> <laughs> her, her cats or her, her, her dolls. Um, where else can you find us? You can find us on all of our social media at Play Cinema Draft on Twitter, on Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Our corporate blog is at medium.com slash at Cinema Draft. And you can also subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Music, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your favorite podcast from. Um, once again, the game does start on Thursday nights at 10 p.m. Pacific time. We have Theater Lock, this is very important. Theater lock is when we lock in the release types and the screen counts for purposes of our game for, throughout the weekend. So if there's a change after 6 p.m. Pacific time, we don't count it. So 6 p.m. Pacific time is theater lock. So after 6 p.m., make sure you double check your call sheets if you've already made one to make sure that you have a valid call sheet and make sure that you haven't that your strategy doesn't change with the changing uh, release types and theater counts. And uh, four hours after that, 10 p.m. Pacific time, the game runs. And the game will be ending sometime around 4 p.m., 5 p.m. Pacific time on Mondays. Fingers crossed, no hand scoring, because if so, then the game will not truly be finished until I'm finished hand scoring them suckers. Okay. Uh, over $200 in prizes. It is free to play. You got nothing to lose. Play. It's fun. Yes. Will we see you out there this week, Kiana Patton? Yes. My goal is just to not be last. <laughs> <laughs> to not be last. <laughs> well, well, join, join our group chat. Our group chat is popping. We're giving away free strategy every week in the group chat. It's open to the public. Uh, check us out. You can uh, go to our Facebook page. I believe there's a link there to it. We're always tweeting out links to the group chat on Twitter and what have you. But, yeah, join our group chat. It's a lot of fun called Marcus Graham's Secret to His Salmon after, of course, Boomerang, the best movie ever. 
ever created. Uh, Kiana, plug your ish. What do you have to? What do you have to promote this Ooh, week? Oh, 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 let me get a flyer. Can see Callie now. Woo there we go. Callie now is a um, a summer youth program for kids 11 to 14, and it is an international travel and skill building organization where we have kids um, every Saturday during the summer, and we teach them about being socially responsible. So they do a lot of volunteering and learn things about the environment. There's a lot of personal leadership development, so we're building their confidence, and we're teaching them um, how to be financially smart. So these kids learn how to create budgets. Our kids know about credit, and remember, they're 11 to 14. How many Life of us, even it. at our age, you know, in our 20s, 30s, and 40s, had that had that knowledge? So, and then we also teach them about a culture. So we teach them everything about a culture, from the arts to the government. They taste the foods. They uh, learn the the music and dances and everything before we actually travel to the country at the end of the program. So we are set to go to Italy this year. We are going to- Buongiorno. Yes, buongiorno. So we are going to uh, Venice and to Florence and to Rome. And we're gonna have a fabulous time. I'm super excited about going on this trip. And then when we come back from the trip, we are going to celebrate the kids at our annual end of program celebration. This is our fourth annual. And this year our theme is La Famiglia. And so, Everybody who is a part of Cali now, who does anything for or with Cali now becomes part of our family. And so this year we're celebrating all of our family from when we first started, uh, when we had our first class of kids in 2014, all the way till now. I'm so proud to say that we have our first kid who has graduated from high school. And you know what else? It takes a long time because they're 11 to 14. <laughs> so, yeah. so we have our first high school graduate who is going off to college this year. His name is Andres Frausto. Congrats, Andres. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we're going to honor him at the celebration as well as a few other folks. It is going to be on August 26th um, and more info to come on that. So check us out at on our um, our um, website, calinow.org. That's C-A-L-E-N-O-W.org. Uh, Facebook, it's at CaliNow. Instagram, it is, I think Instagram and Twitter are at CaliNow.org and the number one. So check us out, follow us, like us, and see what we're doing. The kids are having so much fun. Oh, 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 and I'm so excited about <laughs> this. <laughs> I'm not done yet. No, go for it, go for it. So we have um, the, um, there is a, um, a fire captain, uh, his name is Captain Kevin Davis. And every year he teaches our kids CPR. He makes sure to call us to let us know which station he's at. So we have been following him around for the last four years. And he shared what he does with us, um, uh, with, his, with his superiors. And they have given him permission to bring the fire truck out this year. So we're gonna have the fire truck at our celebration this year, which is gonna be so cool. Uh, we're also going to have um, an opportunity for um, for children who are under 18 to get IDs. So we'll have some on site, uh, someone on site to get um, to give kids um, um, an ID. That's where they get their fingerprints done and and all that good stuff. Register them um, uh, just in case anything, God forbid, ever happens. You have information on your child. So and we'll have a we'll have a magician there too. So <laughs> aside from people being able to see everything we do through pictures and videos with the kids and on our trip, 
we'll have that too. <laughs> oh, you, it sounds like you got it covered. What I want to know is, so so no Milan in, in Italy, huh? Will you be able to run into your soror, the one who brought Absolutely. us together, uh, yes. uh, Kalisha Banks? She said that she was going to be in Rome around the time that we're, we're going to be there. So hopefully yes. like, catch up with her at that time. Otherwise, Excellent. I'll just have to go back. Yeah, Last yeah, time I saw her, she was in. She made it to Dallas when I was living there. So you know, we're both kind of all over the place. So we we link up in whichever country we can. <laughs> yes, world travelers extraordinaire, Kalisha Banks, her store, <laughs> one of my good friends from the NWC Axo program. Give her my best. Travel yeah. safe. You must uh, come back on the podcast after your trip and gush all about it. You know, you know what? Maybe that'll be our next. Maybe, maybe that'll be our our next pod together, uh, uh, Kiana. Top five foreign films. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. I there have you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that be, it might have to be top 10. I'll just sit there and shut up. <laughs> well, thank excellent. Well, thank, what, what's that? Thank you for having me. No, no. Thanks for coming back. You're an excellent guest. We will see you on the other side of your trip. Thanks, everybody, for watching the show, for supporting the show, and more importantly, for supporting Cinema Draft. Get those call sheets in. And, you know, between now and the next podcast, y'all know what to do. Go see a movie or something.